MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds as we continue the West Coast swing and take you through the next hour of golf betting conversation. Wes, we've been uh, awful close for three weeks in a row now. Of course, we had a winner with Kevin Na in Hawaii. You had a winner with Paul Casey over in Dubai. Uh, But three weeks over in the mainland that we've come up short, and uh, I think most uh, unappreciative of that is Matt Humans as he's had, I believe, Four guys finish runner-up, including Xander Shoffley, who came uh, oh so close but didn't get to the final window there uh, at the Phoenix Open down in uh, TPC Scottsdale. Yeah, we did have a, a few in the hunt. Uh, my nearest guy was uh, Matt Neesmith, who is actually the first-round leader at 250-1 to one, uh, to win the whole thing. Uh, Kind of backdoored his way into a top 10 uh, triple bogey on Friday. Really uh, took him out of it on 18. He was 11 under par. Of course, you always worry, how are you going to follow up that good round, that eight under he shot on Thursday, and then uh, was able to follow it up until a ball in the water on 18 and made a seven on the par four. So uh, had him, Will Zalatoris, kind of backdoored his way into the top 10. He was very popular uh, last week. But uh, Brooks Kepka comes out on top, two Eagles on his Sunday final round to uh, finish by one stroke ahead of Xander and uh, Kyung Hoon Lee. So uh, Xander, uh, look, he, he I've been on him a couple times. I wasn't on him last week, but now 0 for 4 in terms of uh, finishing these 54-hole leads. Him and uh, I believe uh, Tony Finau, have the most runner-up finishes since 2017. I actually had Finau in Saudi Arabia, who finished yeah uh, finished second again, second right? to Dustin Johnson, <laughs> who's now won in Saudi Arabia for two or three years. He was five to one. Uh, had the tied for the lead with like five holes to play. Finau makes bogeys at 16 and 17, so he now has nine uh, runner-up finishes worldwide. Also, a uh, good tournament for Jordan Spieth, first top five since uh, the 2019 PGA. So. Uh, not sure if that's a buy sign for this week, even though he has good form at Pebble Beach. But, uh, you know, was 
I think golf Twitter liked seeing him in the hunt. Again. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I know I did. I think Spieth is great for golf. And I've said this a number of times when he's there competing with the Rory's and the Kepka's and the DJ's of the world. I, I think golf is a better game. I had Justin Thomas and I thought uh, trailing by four shots heading into Sunday, I had a shot, but he went the wrong direction. And I was really lucky to get a push there in my head to head matchup with John Rahm. He led Rahm by four shots heading into Sunday, ended up with a tie. And of course, in the futures market, Wes, whether it's any sport, golf or what have you, it's about timing it properly. And, you know, it was uh, three weeks ago in La Quinta when I was on Brooks, on Brooks Kepka, mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes into Torrey Pines, then he goes into Phoenix and he kind of gets his rhythm together and it all comes together on Sunday. Premature tipulation, like we always say. <laughs> and he wins for the second time there. Uh, that's becoming an, a familiar course for him. He got his first tour victory ever there in 2015 and now he makes it two there at TPC Scottsdale. So no problem the fact that uh, they ask him, who are you working with? Because he, of course, split with Claude Harmon. Uh, he goes, I'm kind of working with everybody. He's still kind of with Claude a little bit, I guess, bouncing off thing, ideas with him. Same with Butch. Uh, so he doesn't really have one particular teacher. Didn't really need it on Sunday uh, with those two Eagles. And just, you know, was kind of lurking a little bit. James Hahn was another guy lurking. He kind of fell back. Scotty Scheffler couldn't get it going. Right. Uh, Jordan Spieth couldn't get it going on Sunday. So you left the door open, and he walked right in. Well, it is on to Pebble Beach, and not much of a field this week, and no amateurs either. They've also reduced the rotation to uh, two courses, as it used to be three. The Monterey Peninsula course is out of the loop, and it'll be just Spyglass Hill and Pebble Beach. They will play each course on Thursday and Friday, and then exclusively Pebble Beach on the weekend. And then, of course, uh, late on Monday night, we lose world number one in Dustin. Johnson to the field so you know one of the most iconic golf courses in the world doesn't get the greatest field on the west yeah, coast it's the uh, Pebble Beach Noam uh, this year with uh, no amateurs celebrities uh, CEOs captains of industry that usually play in partnership with the uh, 156 professionals so DJ is definitely a blow uh, losing to into this field. Now Patrick Cantlay becomes the favorite. Uh, and I think part of the reason why maybe the field isn't as good is because you don't have the sponsor commitments for some of these guys. Because usually it's like, okay, the president of my uh, endorser is playing, so we're going to partner together. And you don't really see them that this week. So still some names, but not quite the top guys in the OWGR. Yeah, a lot of familiar names that we see show up at Pebble each year. But again, like you said, say, not the star-studded leaderboard uh, that would go right along with a star-studded course, but uh, not the case. This is Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you previewing the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And joining us in studio to assist the breakdown is Scott Shelton. He's the golf odds maker at BetMGM and also a golf handicapper right down the street at the Mirage Resort. And thank you for joining us here in studio scott you can follow him on twitter at scott or excuse me at scott at mirage and uh scott you know any golf fan uh is very familiar with this golf course this week pebble beach uh it is maybe the most recognizable golf course around the world but tell us about this golf course specifically some of its characteristics that you think will translate into what skill sets are needed this week to be successful well a lot depends on the weather which is supposed to be kind of bad this week but uh First thing I thought of was accuracy uh, with irons and then uh, good putting. And past winners include uh, Phil, Spieth, Sneds, all good in those departments with the irons and the putting. 
Well, you know, you talk about the accuracy in this golf course, and it was Nick Taylor, I believe, last year, Wes, that was uh, one of the top in the field in driving accuracy. Wire to wire, he was, I think, 150 to one shot, kind of in that range, uh, and uh, never trailed, led after every single round. So you have had names win here, but you've had bombs win here, too, over the years. Well, the past uh, four years, I think it's gone big name bomb, big name bomb. Yes. So uh, th th that would be the trend. And when yeah. uh, actually Sneds, Taylor, Spieth, and Potter, Phil, and Nick Taylor. And, uh, and Scott, uh, you mentioned uh, kind of the uh, driving accuracy. I know I think we both looked at GIR, strokes gained approach. But uh, did you concentrate any on your handicap on the POA Anwa, if you saw any specialists on this surface, which uh, is seen several times a year on tour, but not exactly as much as Bermuda or Bent? Uh, I did look at that, and the only two elite Poana putters are in the field are Sneds and Von Taylor. Uh, the other good ones are Reed, Kisner, Poulter. Uh, they're not playing this week, so I see only two. But uh, like I said, the small greens and the good putting, that's what it's going to take to win. Scott, how did you go after this tournament when DJ dropped out of the field? Were there some guys that you kind of liked, and then when we saw their odds shrink, you backed off, or did you continue with them? No, I like, uh, I love Molinari. He plays good, too, especially in the weather. Uh, I had him when he won the British Open. I also had him, heartbreakingly, in the 19 Masters when he hit the pine cone. But uh, I like Zalatoris, too, but his odds seem a little short. And uh, also Spieth going from 150 to 1 to 20 to 1. <clears throat> was a little too much for me. How about his odds in the Masters? He's dropped all the way to 25 to 1. Can you believe that? Absolutely. We went from, on, uh, when he made his move Saturday, uh, BetMGM went from 66 to 1 to 30 to 1. Yeah, and, and it's no surprise he's going to get support there. But I agree with Scott. Kind of no thanks for me. He's a little short for me. I need to, and we talked about that earlier on Beeson Brady, is the fact that I need to see another event or two out of Jordan Speed before I totally buy into this uh, resurgence that we saw last week at Phoenix. Well, that was a good course for him because he, uh, in Phoenix, you can spray it around just kind of like at the Masters, and mm -hmm. his driver, you know, never really got him into too much trouble. Do you expect uh, that this uh, Jordan Spieth, what we saw at him in Phoenix, is going to continue? Uh, I mean, like Wes said earlier, we saw the good uh, form uh, at Phoenix out of him last week, and now he gets to a course that he's had tremendous success at, he's won at before. He's always uh, been very comfortable around this place because, like you say, he can spray it around a little bit. So maybe this kind of adds to some of that momentum. And then does he go from there and, and, and get back to, you know, at least close to where we've seen him in the past? I would say I hope so. I mean, I, he, the game is better with him good in it, but I, I'm not a believer yet. I mean, if he does it this week, if he were to go on to win, then I'll be all in. I'll, I'll buy a 30-to-1 ticket for sure, I mean, if it, on the Masters. But as of right now, I would say no. <clears throat> Scott, uh, you mentioned one of the guys I'm on, uh, which I'll share in the pick segment later, that being Francesco Molinari. Uh, obviously an interesting name here. He's won here five times, is Phil Mickelson. I think he's 62 under par combined this last five years here. We know he's not in great form. Are you seeing action, though, on him just on the basis of kind of course form? This is maybe one of the few spots on tour he can really contend still even now on the north side of 50. Yeah, we, we do see action on him on courses he's done good at. Still in the Masters, he's always a big loser for us usually. But uh, this week, I'm not expecting a whole lot from Phil. But um, like I said, he's another one where the game is better with him in it. 
Scott, do you think there's uh, another course on tour that you can think of where course form is maybe more prevalent? I mean, last week we were uh, talking about uh, TPC Scottsdale for the Phoenix Open, and one of the real indicators there is a player that's in good current form. Somebody that comes in hot usually fares pretty well, as evidenced by Xander Shoffley and uh, Scotty Scheffler, Will Zalatoris. Here at Pebble Beach, it seems like some of the same guys pop up and have success year in and year out. I mean, Jason Day's track record's in incredible Mickelson Snedeker Jordan Spieth uh, even Dustin Johnson he's not here but course form year in and year out guy the same guys play well here I couldn't agree more I love uh, day this week even at 18 to 1 last year he got fourth uh, or he's gotten top five the last three years I think uh, at this course also like Streelman here he at, for a mid-price guy he hits it straight and uh, he, he loves this course um, also, like your pick from uh, last week, Naismith. I think uh, he's trending way up. I really like him this week, especially ball, at 60 to 1. The ball striking's been off the charts for this guy. It's just can he make some putts. And uh, uh, Scott, let me ask you about another guy here. Uh, uh, obviously, not in great form right now. And we cu- we've kind of talked about him over the last couple weeks is, uh, is Ricky Fowler, who has now fallen out of that top 50 ranking. Uh, top 50 obviously gets you in the Masters. A win certainly would do that as well. But do you see any positive signs with him? No, I don't. I, and actually, uh, that was he's my number one fade. It's funny you should say that. His record this year has been horrible. I mean, he's done so good in Phoenix in the past, missed cut last week. I know he's going through some swing changes, uh, but he just doesn't look the same. Uh, not getting to the green, not on the green. It just he, Something's not right. It really surprised me what he did in Scottsdale last week because, like you say, he has great history there. Maybe he had the best course form of anybody in the field last week, and he played well at Torrey Pines, and, and Poana is not his surface. He usually doesn't do that well at Torrey Pines, and the fact that he did told me something, and he also led the field in strokes gained tee to green at the American Express, so it was like he was coming in pretty good, and maybe he was getting his act together, and then missed the cut was a real surprise to me. Yeah, I think he's had like a 21st, a 53rd, like last week missed the cut, so Seems like it's going the wrong way, but uh, and if he doesn't turn around real fast, he won't be at the Masters. What about at the top of the board? Patrick Cantlay and Paul Casey are now your favorites with DJ dropping out. And both of these guys, uh, Patrick Cantley, uh, we've seen him have success at Riviera. Paul Casey, it was just a few years ago that was right down to the end there with Phil Mickelson. Any of these short shots get your attention? Uh, I mean, I love Cantley, Berger, Casey. I love all those guys as players, but... Uh, not at those prices. Can't lay anything under 10 to 1. I'm, I'm going to punt. I, I'm not interested. And uh, Berger, he's been teetering, showing signs, but 12 to 1, too. He not, not near enough. Last week, yeah. too. Uh, he was one of my uh, mine that I used. Uh, was surprised to see him not make the cut. He usually has pretty good form there. Uh, Scott, any kind of uh, longer bomb odd guys that you're that you're maybe looking at this week? This is certainly a tournament where they can hit, as you mentioned. Uh, short price bomb, short price bomb has kind of been the pattern in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of them, uh, or several of the mid price guys like Homa. Like you said, I like I love your pick, the, the Ed Naismith. Um, as far as like big bombs, uh, I like McNeely. He uh, got a fifth place here last year. He's been trending up. And Snedeker, although he hasn't shown great signs, I mean, he just loves that place. And he's a two-time winner, great putter, you know, historically a great iron player. So 
McNeely usually a very good putter. And then, of course, uh, usually we'd be playing with his uh, dad, Scott McNeely, who's the uh, head of Sun Microsystems, but no AMs this week. Yeah, Maverick McNeely comes from not too far away up at Stanford University. A Stanford player I uh, did uh, play in a derivative market, Patrick Rogers, uh, was a big long shot this week at 160 to 1 prior to the DJ withdrawal. Now, you mentioned, Scott, earlier that uh, you were going to fade Ricky Fowler, maybe in some matchups and what have you this week anybody else that you're going against taking a stand against this week uh either in matchups or staying away from just because you don't think they're in good form or don't fit this golf course uh, as high as uh odds that spieth has or as low as they are i mean you might be able to get some big fat pluses uh in matchups versus him like i said i'm not complete i'm not sold really at all but if he does it like i said two weeks in a row then then i'll move on all right, we talked about uh, Jordan Spieth and his odds dropping for Augusta National, of course, the former champion there. And it seems like uh, maybe even his career a little bit went south at that 12th hole at Augusta when Danny Willett went on to win. Of course, uh, Jordan Spieth did win the British Open, his last victory uh, as a professional. Uh, we saw some signs last week, and everybody jumped on him for the Masters. What about you, Scott? Do you have anybody in pocket already for Augusta, or anybody in mind at least? I have one in pocket uh, that I played real early in the year, and that's Joaquin Neiman at 100 to 1. Uh, I will definitely have a ticket on uh, Tony Finau just because I'm pot committed on that guy. Uh, I've, lost so, I've <laughs> lost so much money on Tony Finau. I'm going to have a ticket. I had him last week in Saudi Arabia. I had him at the American Express. He led every single day only to uh, lose on Sunday. But that's his only problem. I mean, he, occasional short putts and he doesn't like Sundays. That's but everything else, man, that guy is so good. Yeah, when he uh, when he took that driving iron uh, on 16, because I think that was when DJ missed the three footer, and then he just takes out the big dog and just drives it right there. And Finau tries to get so conservative with the driving iron, goes in the bunker, then goes into the other bunker on a second shot, and that's. It's so frustrating. I'm obsessed with the guy. The I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed. He's we know gotta, he has the game. You got to get some of your money back when when he yes. does win. Yes, I don't care what the price is. I'm, I'm betting. I'll have a ticket on Fina. I'll have a ticket on him every time he tees it up the rest of the year. We we, we are stubborn as mules, Brady, on uh, t on Tony Fina because uh, I have uh, it was kind of like my, he's kind of my new Ricky Fowler from remember yeah. three years ago where he finished top five in all four of the majors. Right? He's my all time worst speed at Super Bowl last year. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I was watching it at our Super Bowl party. The waste management up to two to go. I had him. Webb goes uh, birdie, birdie, playoff birdie to win. I mean, it's just humans I, and I had Webb Simpson. So if you're going to bet golf out there, get ready for some serious pain. That was the only celebrating I did all day long as my San Francisco 49ers blew it. Uh, kind of like Tony blew it at the end of the game yeah. there. Um, so you're going to have uh, Tony Finau in pocket. You've already got Joaquin Neiman. I'm curious on Neiman. We really saw people get all excited about him uh, after what he did in Hawaii and, and people ran to the window to bet him for the masters did you catch him before that uh i did catch him before that um uh not not long before that but yeah yeah i got him uh, 100 to 1 so i thought that was a good price but he like i said he's the only one i have in pocket i wish uh i had some other guys i mean dustin's on fire but you'll never find a price on that guy again so uh i still got a lot of shopping to do Neiman is kind of that young guy that gets ignored now. I, I think that new crop with obviously Morikawa, yeah. Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf. People forget Neiman had been on the tour a couple of years. He's only, what, 23 years old now? Uh, 
He's going to win, and he's going to win soon. We've seen him play well. Uh, what did he shoot like, uh, Brady? Like 47 under, under or something like or that? Or something in Hawaii and had to come away with two runners up. That's almost – that's a shame, really, with how well he played. How about uh, – you talk about short odds. Uh, how about Dustin Johnson, Scott? It has been a long time. I, I can't recall when the odds opened up when he was still in this field. He was 3-1 to one at some Tiger places. Tiger Woods in his prime numbers. Exactly. Yeah. And, and is – I mean, I don't think you can say DJ's there, but he's he's dominating the world of golf uh, for what the last six months uh, to that to that level, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as they say in horse racing, it's better to have a short price than a long face. So, I mean, you could take that <laughs> angle, but uh, I would never play three three and a half to one. On I mean, I, he's awesome, but no, no, thank you. Coming over from the Middle East, yeah, and, and it's been amazing because he's won here twice, but that was back in the early part of the decade. But every year now, he's coming over either from Saudi Arabia or from Dubai or from Abu Dhabi and has just not followed it up. So, yeah, I was no thanks on him even before he dropped out. It was one of our uh, long shots guests, either Justin Ray or maybe Will Gray, uh, that tweeted out uh, Dustin Johnson's record when he comes back over from Saudi Arabia. And all the finishes were 30-something, 40-something, and, and that kind of kept me off of him right away. And then I saw the 3-1 to one odds, and I was like, you got to be kidding. Unbelievable. I agree. Uh, I, I don't. I, I tend never to bet anybody less than like twelve to one, fifteen to one. I don't like going. It's so hard to win a golf tournament. I mean, golf is so hard that when you do win one, you want to get paid. I imagine we'll see him next week in L.A. Though. Yeah, you would think so. That'll be a good field at Riviera. It's an invitational event now. Uh, but one thing I did want to commend Scott and his team over at BetMGM, and we follow it on the weekends on Green Zone, Brady. The live betting options. Love it. I think have been great at BetMGM, one of the best, if not the best in the market. And we just discovered that because I had never thought to look. And then all of a sudden I see they have, it's not just like the contenders either. It's not just like the top three or four guys. It's the entire field that you offer. And then obviously offer, will the leader birdie the next hole? What will the score be over, under, and a price? So commend your team for uh, putting that yeah, together. That's definitely the future, uh, the, the end game. I mean, I love it too when uh, local books do it and, especially when you have someone in contention that you can at least try and hedge. Are you running that uh, here locally? No, that's run out of New Jersey, the, oh. the, all the in-running. Okay, yeah, it's a great menu. We uh, Wes and I do the Green Zone out of the Mandalay Bay on the weekends and always reference that BetMGM live wagering app uh, as far as what's going on in the golf tournament. It's fantastic, and that's what that whole show is based upon is in-game wagering. We're, we're looking at basketball and football and you name it, and we really haven't been able to do that with golf until now. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's just the beginning. You know, the, the future is very exciting. So. There's so many different ways to bet on golf. We'll come back and talk more about them all. Uh, across the Pond is not going to happen this week. No European Tour event. So we've got a new game for you coming up in the next segment. Thank you to Scott Shelton from BetMGM and the Mirage. Scott, thank you for coming down to studio and enjoy Pebble Beach, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me. I wanted to give uh, Matt Humans tell him my friend had uh, worse feet than him. He This past week he had... Han, Speed, and Xander all pre-flop. Nine holes through Sunday. It looked like it was impossible to lose, and he did. So, well, beware. I hope he got out of bed the next morning. We'll be right back here on Long Shots.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you as we preview the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. The West Coast Swing continuing. It'll continue for one more week. They'll head down to L.A. for the Genesis Invitational. And then it's over to Florida as we begin the Florida Swing. Head towards the Players' Championship. And, of course, Augusta National for the first major of the year. No European Tour event this week. So no across the pond here from Wes Reynolds. But we've got a new game to play called Pick the Place. And in betting the AT&T. TNT Pro-Am Pebble Beach. Uh, which do you prefer as far as placement? Let's start with Jason Day West. Top five, if you think he's going to place top five, that is plus 450. Top 10 is plus 225, and a top 20 finish is plus 110. Where would your money be on Jason Day? You know, I almost bet him outright. I just thought he was a little short because uh, he's been inconsistent lately. We kind of thought, okay, he's going to start to come on because we've seen kind of peaks and valleys with this form over the last six to nine months. Uh, missed two straight cuts, obviously in Phoenix and also at Torrey Pines, where he has a really good history, much like he does at Pebble Beach. Let me run down his uh 2013 form to today, 6th in 2013, miscut in 2014, 4th and 15, 11th and 16th, and then 5th, 2nd, 4th, and 4th. He's done everything but win this event. So, uh, yeah, at least top 10 is is where I would go here. Uh, maybe top five is a big ass, but 
Last four years, he's been fifth or better. I'm kind of with you. I, I actually did play an outright on Jason Day this week, but but it, it's not my favorite play in the world because he's been a little bit shaky. And when it even goes back to last summer, he was either top 10 or missing cuts. Yeah. And, and like you say, he's missed two cuts in a row, so maybe he's uh, due for another top 10. But I would play top 20 at plus 110. Now, I went in on him outright I got a good number at 35 to 1 pre DJWD if you will um, but I, I think the safest bet I would make here is top 20 at plus 110 because I just don't know like you if he is quite in form just yet Jordan Spieth is the next player uh, where do you prefer him top 5 top 10 or top 20 top 5 is plus 550 top 10 is plus 275 and a top 20 finish for Spieth at plus 125 well he has never missed the cut here mm. at Pebble Beach uh, started here in 2013, uh, uh, has, uh, I believe, four top tens here, including a win in 2017, was ninth here last year where you thought, okay, maybe we're seeing a buy sign, and then he never really capitalized on that or added on to that. So uh, has two other uh, finishes, a fourth and seventh. So I'm going to be a little conservative here, though, because I'm not ready to totally buy in. I think uh, – you know, 20-something to one on an outright is probably where it's an appropriate price. So I'm going to say top 20 on yep. speed. I am with you basically for the same reasons as Jason Day. There's not two guys in the field that have better course form, but I just don't know if Spieth is there yet. And I don't want to be a victim of jumping on that train all of a sudden when we saw him have and a few good days, right? Sunday, he really uh, hit it all over the place. Uh, on Sunday, the putting actually went away, and then he was minus 233 for strokes gained uh, off the tee on Sunday, which is usually his weak part of the game. Go back to Saturday when he shot. What did he shoot on Saturday? Something. Oh, uh, 60. One, yeah. I believe. Yeah, where he gained two, almost two and a half strokes putting, four and a half strokes on approach, uh, almost five and a half total tee to green. So you kind of had a feeling regression monster was coming on Sunday, and it certainly did. All right, Phil Mickelson. Now we'll start with a top ten where he's plus four fifty. Top twenty is two to one, and a top thirty finish for Phil is plus one ten. Any uh, placement you like here as far as a wager? Yeah, Philip Alfred Mickelson, sixty-two under par. His last five years here at Pebble Beach, it was third last year, one in 2019, was second in 2018, 65th in 17, and then was second in 2016. Five-time winner here. If there's a place he can go off, it is here. But looking at his last two weeks, he was 53rd in Phoenix, uh, was 53rd in Torrey Pines. Those, I think, are Phil-friendly courses over the years. He's won a couple times at Torrey Pines. So, yeah. Of the three, I would go top 20 just to be conservative. I would actually see if I could find a plus price. I'm guessing it's probably in the neighborhood of plus 135 maybe. I would actually see if I could find a plus price on Phil to miss the cut. Yeah, that's probably a better bet. I didn't know if that was an option or not because I would rather take that <laughs> I was that going off the board there, Nick. I'm because, sorry. Because uh, if I had to do use those three of pick the place, it would be a top 20. But, you know, Phil just – isn't in great form right now. No, he's not. We really, I mean, on the Champions Tour, he's uh, in. On uh, Champions Tour, you can't beat him. You can't beat him, but uh, we'll see if he can be beat here at Pebble. If there is a place that he'll show up, it will be here this week. It's major implications next. We'll play Would You Rather. Pick out some guys from the field and who would you rather have in your pocket at Augusta National as Long Shots rolls on right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
The first major of the new season, Wes, is Al Geiberger Days Away. That's 59. 59. Mr. 59, Al Geiberger. 59 days away, April 8th. They will tee it up at Augusta National Golf Club for the Masters. Not that long ago, they were teeing it up there for the November version. Of course, Dustin Johnson went on to win that, his second major of his career. And uh, we have a little game here we like to play. Would you rather? Who would you rather have in pocket for uh, a future outright ticket uh, at the Masters to win the green jacket this year? And uh, our first matchup involves Victor Hovland, who is at 40 to 1 to win the Masters, versus Scotty Scheffler at 50 to 1. Two of the young guns on tour, both at pretty nice prices. Who would you rather have there? This is actually going to be Hovland's first uh, Masters because he did not qualify or was not in for this uh, this last November's Masters, even though he did have that win in Puerto Rico. But uh, I think I'm going to go with the Norwegian Hov here mm. in, in, in this one, uh, even though he does not have. Uh, experience at the Masters. You look at how he's playing, though, toward the end of year one in Mayakoba. And then, uh, you know, off with a lot of jet lag, obviously off a win, he goes over to Dubai, plays that DP World Tour Championship, T3, T2 at Farmers Insurance Open, uh, and then went over to Saudi Arabia. He was one of my guys as well, ended up tied for six. Uh, the Hobbs in better form, but I think Scheffler, I wonder if he's a better course fit. But I think Hovland is playing better right now. It's like we work together on golf or something like that. Yes. Uh, because I feel exactly the same way. Hovland uh, is, uh, I think you could make the argument, that is in better form right now. But I yeah. think Scheffler's a better fit here. And it's not just the fact that it'll be Hovland's first time at Augusta. Hovland is such the ball striker guy, but you know I think where we see him get rattled a little bit is the scrambling and the short game and the that putting type of thing, right? needs to improve for this guy. But he's got all the talent in the world, and I know he is going to put a big emphasis. He's already talked about it, uh, trying to make that Ryder Cup team mm -hmm. at Whistling Straits for such a young player. And uh, look, he's impressed uh, Captain uh, Patty Harrington, uh, who will be matching up with Steve Stricker later this fall. I'm not sure if our graphic uh, is correct there, Nick. It says 30 to 1 on Scheffler. I have 50 to 1. I believe Scheffler is at 50 to 1 uh, to win the Masters. I'm looking at it here at Westgate. Indeed, 50 to 1. So there's more reason for me to like Scheffler, too. I kind of favor him regardless, but I'm getting 10 more cents there on the line, too. So Scotty Scheffler at 50 to 1 is the direction I'd go there. I think the next matchup is very interesting, Wes. Terrell Hatton at 35 to 1 has uh, ascended to the fifth-ranked player in the world as of late. Terrell Hatton, thirty-five to one, or Hideki Matsuyama at forty to one. Uh, I'm going to go with Hatton here. I've went down the road. You know, uh, Scott Shelton was talking about Tony Finau. We all have our players that yeah. kind of are money burners for us. And uh, the guy on the right, Hideki Matsuyama, has been a uh, money burner for me. He is too good and has not won in a couple, a few years actually. Uh, just has not been able to put it together. I don't think the Masters is really probably Hatton's best major. Uh, he did miss the cut last fall. Like, Hatton's a guy I would really like at a U.S. Open mm -hmm. or a PGA or even an Open Championship. Uh, uh, so uh, this is probably his worst. So Matsuyama might be the better fit. 
Hatton's the better player right now. Yep, I, I would agree with that as well. And uh, if you made me pick one here, I'd go with Matsuyama. He, he has a really good history at Augusta mm-hmm. National. Really likes to putt those speedy greens. Also has a win at the Memorial, which we often see as a corollary course to Augusta it's National. A better on the bent grass, I think. Yep, yep. And, and, and I, you know, that's a good point, too. I think Hatton's maybe better on Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you alluded to it. I just don't think uh, Augusta, at least at this point, I believe Hatton's been there three times, and I think he's missed the cut twice. Yeah. The other finish was 40th or 50th or something like that. It just really hasn't matched up with his game, so I'd take Matsuyama in that one. Matchup number three, the Australian and former Masters champion Adam Scott at 50-1, to or Paul Casey at 60-1, to who's also played very well over his career at Augusta. Both guys, this is actually a very tough one because both guys have great form here. And both guys can't putt. the Masters, and both guys... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Both guys missed their fair share of putts for certain. Uh, you know, I often call uh, Paul Casey, even though he's on my friendly list now that he won a ticket for me at Dubai. So uh, I'm all about him. But uh, Paul Casey often can be par Casey, as I often say here with him. He just he misses a lot of short putts. Didn't even putt it great at Dubai. Just was so good striking the ball and was so good off the tee. But if you look at Paul Casey at the Masters, uh, I think it was 15 through 17 where he went 6-4-6 in terms of uh, his finish at the Masters. So he's been close a couple times. Adam Scott, though, has the green jacket uh, to prove it. So uh, you just wonder uh, who's ever ball striking is going to be good and are they going to get hot with the putter? Scott, of course, won here in 2013. I believe he has four other top tens. So small lean to Scott. Yeah, I think you're right. This one is really tough. And I might go with Casey just because the number's a little bigger. And maybe this guy's going to get one before he's all done. And you kind of said it with Matsuyama. For some reason, Casey's putter seems to get hot on these bent grass greens at Augusta National. Um, both of these guys, a couple of the best ball strikers there ever has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this one's really tough, Nick. You did, you did your uh, job on this one well. Um, boy. I'd probably have to go with Scotty as well. You know, I was looking up uh, Paul Casey uh, when he won a couple weeks ago, and people don't realize uh, how many events this guy has won. He's got 21 worldwide wins, Uh, even though he only has a couple wins on the PGA Tour, three of them to be exact, but has 15 wins on the European Tour for his career. Uh, He looks very young, but he's 43 years old, so... uh, you know what? That, that's another reason that you just bring up to maybe bring me towards the Paul Casey side here. The fact that he just won, and that's a master stat that we see every year. If you come in with a win or a top 10 finish, both of those things, current form is very important at Augusta. Now, Adam Scott last year had a win at Riviera, and he got my money, and then everything went crazy. But uh, Casey may be the better pick this year in particular because he already has a win coming in. The final matchup here to take a look at, and this one is uh, very timely. Brooks Kepka at 14 to 1 to win the Masters against Xander Shoffley at 18 to 1. They were both down the stretch there a couple of years ago when Tiger won it all in 2019. And uh, of course, they were down the uh, stretch in Phoenix last week where Brooks Kepka came out victorious. I think this is a tough one, too. I do, too. Xander's my guy, but Brooks Kepka's won majors. So he's been there, done that. And, and he's improved progressively over his career. He was T2 in 2019, T7 this past year. I think Xander Schauffele needs to win a big one. Uh, maybe it'll be here, but, you know, I need to see him win something like a Players or something like this before I really buy in 
to taking him over Kepka. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I don't know if Xander's quite ready to win a Masters just yet. Kepka is. And uh, again, I go back to the Paul Casey theory there. Kepka now has a win on the season coming into Augusta. So uh, he is in good current form for sure. I would uh, be leaning toward, towards Kepka there at 14 to 1 over Shoffley. We'll come back and wrap it up with our picks for the AT&T Pebble Beach next on Long Shots on VSIN. of Tom Brady Stole the Show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Long Shots here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. The final segment of the program, our match play segment, where we get to all of our plays that we have for the week's event. And, of course, this will be the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Call it the No-Am with no amateurs in the field this week. Only at Spyglass Hill and Pebble Beach, Monterey Peninsula Golf Course has been thrown out of the rotation. And we will start with our colleague, Matt Humans, who's had a number of runner-ups. I believe four out of the last five weeks he has had a runner-up. I think he was on uh, Joaquin Neiman a couple times. I know he was on uh, Xander Shoffley last week, and this week, he's going right to the top with Patrick Cantley at 8-1. to one. Uh, I-, I can't argue with it. Great California player. The number's a little short for my liking. 
Daniel Berger, I believe he may have had Berger last week in Phoenix, and you talked about he how he really kind of disappointed, but he's had good success here, has Berger in the past at Pebble. Uh, the only thing that really keeps me off of Daniel Berger here is I, I see Berger as a Bermuda grass specialist, mm-hmm. and of course this is Poana, and uh, he, he just doesn't really check that box for me. Yeah, I, I stayed away too. I could see him playing well, uh, but uh, and uh, and Cantlay, look up. Uh, uh, He's bound to do it. I mean, he's bound to win this tournament one day. Uh, he, of course, uh, shot 61 uh, two weeks ago, or actually three weeks ago. Almost caught Siwoo Kim right. on Sunday. Uh, just finished one back. So he can go low at any time. A uh, uh, couple of our friends, uh, uh, Jeff Sherman, Chris the Bear Felica, they are charter members of the uh, Patrick Cantlay fan club uh, for sure. So uh, Matt going with Cantlay uh, here and then uh, looking down at some of his plays. Jason Day, we know he's the form junkie here, obviously, with uh, top fives or better each of the last four years. And uh, Max Homa, Cal Bear, mm-hmm. uh, 10th and 14th his last two years here. I've seen some people that really like him going forward. Yeah, I, I definitely took a hard look at Max Homa. And uh, the stats this year and last year just couldn't get me behind him. But he's certainly in good form and makes a lot of sense here. A lot of, a lot of Stanford Cardinal and Cal Bears in the field mm-hmm. here that typically go very well. Uh, it's not that far from those campuses. And these guys are familiar with this surface. I think uh, as far as corollary courses, Wes, uh, I of course, used Torrey Pines, very mm-hmm. similar, coastal, Poana Greens, what have you. But I also used uh, Silverado up in Napa. Yes. And a lot of those Cal Bear, Stanford Cardinal guys play up there as well. Yeah, a lot of coastal uh, courses, I think, really, you can look at it. The California ones, obviously, being the best. But some other some other ones as well, I think you can look at a little bit uh, uh, at the RSM mm-hmm. in, in Georgia. There's Wide fairways. Some, uh, some correlations there uh, over the years. So, uh, yeah, I had a lot of guys that have some good history on coastal courses, whether it was uh, in Hawaii or whether it was at Sea Island or El Camilion, uh, uh where they play uh, the tournament in Mexico. So I'll start on my board here. Francesco Molinari, 26-1. to 1. I wanted a better number. He was a guy that I had kind of pinpointed for this uh, he dropped out of the top 100 in the rankings after an eight-month layoff because he was uh, in process of relocating from London, also has a home in his native Italy, but they live in London pretty much full-time, and he moved to Southern California, and then obviously COVID-19 prolonged his break in play. So uh, former Open champion has started 2021 with two top 10s. In those events, he was 15th and 6th, respectively, for GIR, ninth in strokes gained approach, uh, and third in strokes gained tee to green in San Diego two weeks ago. That's at 7,700-yard Torrey Pines. Right. This is being about 7,000-yard Pebble Beach. He is not a very long hitter, but he is a very accurate hitter. Uh, one time here at Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open a couple of years ago, which Gary Woodland won, uh, did finish 16th. Wins expected to pick up this week, as Scott Scott Shelton uh, mentioned in the uh, first segment. Saturday, Sunday especially. Yeah, and he's a very good win player, obviously. Winning the Claret Jug at Carnoustie. So Molinari, Kevin Streelman was ma- uh, mentioned earlier. Three straight top sevens, T2 here last year. Progressively good for me. He was seventh in approach last week in Phoenix. Tied for 22nd overall in the field. Third or better in strokes gained T to green each of his last two years here. So 
Now, Streelman usually plays with Larry Fitzgerald, the mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinal uh, wide receiver. Uh, obviously, no AMs this week. So I wonder, some guys, are, some guys are real comfortable in that format, and some guys really hate it. I think he's a guy that really likes it. So uh, I'll go down the board here. Henrik Norlander, T2, several weeks ago at Torrey Pines. We remember all the big names that finished second behind Patrick Reed. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hovland was up there. Finau was up there. Rom and Scott, a lot of really big names in contention, and we kind of forgot about Norlander. You know, they uh, he played college golf with Patrick Reed. Norlander just cracked the top 100 in the mm-hmm. world, and he's been in really good form as of late. I took a hard look at him, too. Top 20 on the tour in greens and regulation, so good ball striker. Yep. Shorter course, I think he could do well here. Brendan Mann of Steel, 80-1, to 1, uh, began his 2021 season like he did in 2020, contending at the Sony Open and falling short. Mm-hmm. But I think he's kept up a little bit of momentum here. Uh, the fact 21st at the Amex, 30th in Phoenix. He was a third last week in strokes he and T to green behind Brooks Kepka and KH Lee, who were the top two finishers of the tournament. He lost five strokes on the greens last week. That's kind of been the story of Brendan yes. Steele. You know, he's yes. really good off the tee. And, uh, Man, you know, I think if you can do that at Pebble Beach, he, he ought to have success. Again he at this least week. should welcome a change in surface, continuing considering he was minus five last week on the Bermuda. California guy as yes. well. Yes. Uh, 85 to one, Chris Kirk. Missed the cut last week in Phoenix. Game has come around. We remember he was tied for second at the Sony behind mm-hmm. your win- your tip and your winner, Kevin Na. Earned him enough points to uh, earn his full playing privileges again. Had a major medical extension. Left the tour from some injuries and then some off-the-court things that he was – or off-the-course things he was uh, battling. So uh, sixth in tee to green at the Sony. Tenth in uh, strokes gain total at the Amex. Uh, recent form – here has not been great, but he was runner-up here in 2013. Good coastal player, always plays well at the RSM and right. in Hawaii. So went with him. And then Bo Hogue was kind of a hunch at 125-1. to one. Three straight cuts, back-to-back top 20s at the Amex and at Torrey Pines. Two weeks ago at Torrey, he was fifth in the field for strokes game putting. So seeing the POA, the POA right. so close to where he putted so well, I thought maybe this would be a good a good one for him. Doug Gim, I also looked at as an angle for that, about 80 to 1, but the price was just too short. So those are my six for the week. Well, we'll see if it's the year for the chalk or the year for the bomb. Uh, my uh, lowest price guy was Jason Day. I'm there with Matt Humans, and I like the Australians in the wind. Uh, the wind is supposed to pick up into the neighborhood of 15 or 20 miles an hour on the weekend at Pebble. It's supposed to get some moisture as well. So I think you want a mutter going for you this week. Uh, Jason Day has uh, just an unbelievable track record here uh, and he's been back and forth lately either missing cuts or finishing top 10 he's missed two cuts in a row hopefully uh, it's time to have a top 10 show up seven top 10s here in 11 tries including four straight top fives at Pebble Beach uh, three top 10s and two wins at Torrey Pines so he definitely knows these Poana coastal courses Matt Jones is a guy I've been taking a look at I, first of all I've been playing him at Pebble Beach for a while because he just seems to have a real affinity for this golf course really knows how to putt the Poana and I've been watching him for about a month and he's been getting progressively better has three top 10s at Pebble Beach was fifth last year two top 15s uh, at Pebble to go along with that he's only missed two cuts and 11 tries at Torrey Pines and he hasn't missed a cut on tour since October so good form good current form good course form uh, and got him at a price at 80 to 1 uh, Cameron Tringali has really good current form he was 18th at Torrey Pines 
Pines. He was 17th a few weeks ago in La Quinta at the American Express. Only has one missed cut here at Pebble in his last seven tries. And his uh, his stats this week, I looked at approach ga uh, strokes gained approach, greens and regulation, par four scoring, and scrambling. And uh, Cameron Tringali is very, very good in all of those. I actually got him at 80 to 1, Wes. And that was pre-DJWD once again. I made a few plays before the Dustin Johnson news uh, came out that he was uh, withdrawing from the tournament. And I was able to catch a few guys at some really good numbers. And then finally, another ball striker guy, Russell Knox uh, from Scotland. So he certainly knows how to play in this type of weather. He's had some good finishes at both Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach. Uh, two top tens at the Safeway in Napa. Has a top ten at Torrey Pines in his career. A couple top 15s in the last three years at Pebble. So uh, that's my futures card there. Went with a few other guys in the top 20 market. And then uh, as far as head-to-head, -head, Alex Norin over James Hahn and Russell Knox over Doug Gim. I looked at Knox and uh, also uh, Tringali this week. Greens and regulation, they were right up there. Top 10 in this week's field for those. Knox actually fifth on tour. So uh, uh, looked at both of those. So I don't disagree with those at all. My matchup plays, uh, I'm going to go against Spieth, and I'm going to use Jason Day Makes sense. in a yep. matchup, uh, yep. just going off the form here. And uh, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson had won the most, I think, with 11. But I went back and looked at the PGA Tour winners on POA or Bent slash POA right. over the years. Uh, DJ obviously had the most by far with 11, and this is going back to 2008. Mickelson has five, I think all here at Pebble Beach, right, actually. Right. Jason Day was right behind him with four, along with Brant Snedeker. So this is a good place for Jason Day. I'm going against Han, too. I found Russell Knox, who you played on a future uh, against James Han uh, at uh, minus 115. I did go against Matt Jones. I went with Alex Noren, too, just in a different like, matchup. Right. I, I like Noren. I mean, you know, Noren is a really sneaky good player. Yes. And and the problem is putting four days together, it he's seems. He's playing over here more, too. He, of course, was in, I think it was the year, I think day one it, I believe. Yeah, it it's was, a playoff. Was it Day and J.B. Holmes? Well, I know it was Jason him. Day and Alex Noren, yeah. uh, I believe, in a playoff, and Day eventually got there. Yeah, because uh, Alex Noren has played well over uh because he was a guy that really cut his teeth on the European tour. I think won like four events, made it over here, and uh, has pretty much been playing over here ever since. But he was in that playoff uh, at Torrey Pines. It was Jason Day and Ryan Palmer, and Jason Day won the event. And Alex Noren, a really good putter, too. We'll see if he can. I mean, he obviously figured out Torrey Pines a couple times in his career. Uh, yeah, I think Noren is kind of a sneaky guy to look at here, and I like him in that. Or I don't necessarily like him over Matt Jones, but I do like Alex Noren to have some success here at Pebble Beach. Let's have both of them. They could tie, Wes. Maybe uh, maybe uh, Matt Jones gets a, a top 20. I'll cash that ticket. And you can win the matchup, and we'll, we'll split up. Next, it's going to be Justin Ray helping us preview the LA Open. The Genesis Invitational is next week on Long Shots. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the golf this week in Monterey, folks.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.